0: is this is a saw good man the better better call saw podcast my name is brian and with me as always is
1: la dave la dave how you doing the good i don't know like oh, okay. if i'm <laughs> okay. la dave i'm doing la good all right <laughs> awesome i'm doing good because both my sports
0: teams won today mm, there you Ooh. go look at there everything is coming up millhouse for you dave
1: it's coming up Dave yeah
0: everything is coming up Dave (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) everything's coming up
1: Chicago sports except one Chicago team beat another Chicago team so the Bears beat the Cubs no the Bears (laughs) the Cubs beat the White Sox (laughs) Oh, the Cubs beat the White Sox. All right. Yeah. Well, then you know this is okay.
0: They're only the White Sox, so I guess it really doesn't matter, right? Yeah.
1: Nobody cares about the White
0: Sox. Yeah. The weird thing about that is, is they they when Chicago had this big World Series drought, I remember they won the World Series and mm-hmm. everybody was happy for them for like five minutes, and then nobody gave a shit ever again about the Sox. <laughs> it was like a very short-lived victory tour. Like right. Cubs fans to this day don't shut up that they won the World Series two years ago, mm-hmm. and you know Bears haven't won the Super Bowl since like nineteen eighty five or something ridiculous. Right. And people still don't shut up about that. People act like it's still nineteen eighty five and it happened last weekend. Yeah, pretty much. But the Sox the Sox won the World Series and everybody was jubilant for a day. And then people acted like it happened sixty years ago.
1: <laughs> like- <laughs> except well, except for Sox fans who would still up until two thousand sixteen throw it in your face that they won the World Series in two thousand five.
0: Yeah, I, I I guess that's true. But it, I mean, here in Chicago, there the number of Sox fans is incredibly small compared to the number of Cubs fans.
1: Yeah, that and nationwide because of WGN national broadcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, the Cubs created a fan base all across the country. So yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's a much larger fan base. And as we yep. like to say, the Sox are the redheaded stepchild of the Cubs. Yeah, <laughs>
0: indeed. All right, so we are talking about Better Call Saul episode 408 which is titled what, Dave?
1: Kushata. 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 Yeah.
0: It sounds very um sounds exotic. like a Cajun dish. Yeah. I wonder oh. why that would be. <laughs> <laughs> because it's wonder a town
1: I... in Louisiana maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I actually looked it up. It's real life population as of the last census is 1,841 people.
1: Wow, smaller town than w- the one that we're from. I know, right? So,
0: we can uh, just jump right into the episode. Let's chat a bit. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I am skunk hunting because I have some uh, skunks in my backyard. So, uh, there may be awkward pauses in this podcast, but I'm just trying to kill skunks. Yeah. But you may uh, never know because Dave, Dave will edit
1: them out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But we, we, <laughs> we tried to start earlier, and then your mm-hmm. wife was like screaming in the background. I thought she said something about blood. You get up and oh. run away. And you forget to turn your phone off, so I'm just watching you run away. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then you hang up, and then I get a text from your wife that says, uh, Brian is shooting a skunk. He'll call you back. And I replied, <laughs> I hope the skunk shoots him, <laughs> which well, maybe, has happened uh, before.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I, have, uh, I have been sprayed by a skunk before, and it's not awesome. I smelt for like a good three weeks. <laughs> but
1: I don't think I re- saw you
0: the day it happened.
1: I think it was mm-hmm. t- one or two days later, and you still reeked like skunk.
0: Yeah, let the record show, I continued on my life as normal. I took into consideration nobody. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I went to work at a pizza place. I went to college in classrooms, and I lived in a fraternity house, all while smelling like a skunk. I just continued on my day, like because the weird thing is, you get so used to the smell, you you can't smell it. But Your nose everybody blind. that comes in kind, con- right. And I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought like it a, was legitimately funny.
1: You were like an emo kid from the '90s. Mm-hmm. Who used to like yeah. they used to be a thing was like you wouldn't bathe in order to like offend people around you. Really? That was a thing. Oh my god! It's even bro. an uh, Incubus wrote a song about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. So I guess the reason why I couldn't qualify as one of those people is because. I don't listen to, I hate my father music and I don't have daddy issues. (laughs) So, so I just thought it was funny. I got sprayed by a skunk and everybody had to put up with it. Uh, But you know what? Also let the record show. I believe I was dating and had girlfriends uh, during this whole ordeal. So (laughs) it it did not affect me (laughs) there either. So anyway, back to episode 408, uh, we kind of started meandering there. Um, We open up, Kim and Jimmy are saying goodbye for a trip that Jimmy is apparently on and they got me. Yeah, they my- got me because I'm sitting there looking back at past notes and I'm, I'm sitting there looking, I I don't see anything about Jimmy going on a trip. So <laughs> naturally, <laughs> naturally I started thinking, fuck, how the hell did I miss something so big as Jimmy leaving Albuquerque? Cause that seems like that would be a major plot point. Right?
1: Right. Right. But- I-, I thought that it was like a flashback to college or something. Mm. I thought maybe he was going to school or maybe mm. going back home for a little bit. I thought this was like the mailroom days. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. But I wasn't quite sure because they mm-hmm. looked like them normal selves. They didn't look like they were trying to make him younger. Yeah. You know, so then mm-hmm. I just kind of rolled with it. I figured this was probably yeah. a current, maybe part of Kim's plan. Maybe. Mm hmm. Maybe.
0: So Jimmy was probably one of the first people to work mobily, really. He's on the bus. He's uh, writing all these notes and cards, and it, the letterhead. Good. <laughs> we find out that he had actual letterheads. Good foresight. That's uh, that's pretty slick. I guess
1: that's you know, like I guess that's his deal. This whole um, plan is very detailed, and uh, they kind of covered all the bases. Maybe mm-hmm. a little too far, but uh, and as we saw, it all worked
0: out. Just a few things I noticed. Did you notice the weird way he was writing? He was holding his pen like between the middle finger and the ring finger
1: like going left-handed right-handed he was just yeah i noticed he was changing his grip yeah so i figured he yeah he's disguising the handwriting because uh did someone mention a letter writing campaign i thought i read that or heard that somewhere
0: um i kind of i i don't know about the letter writing campaign but i i believe one of our listeners had mentioned that the reason while kim was at the office supply store was so she could start ma- handwriting signs and such. Yeah, they're gonna and, like pick at it because you're right because uh, she's totally setting it up to be a, uh, a civil rights issue. And right. It turns out, turns out they were true. Like whoever, whoever predicted that were
1: incredibly correct. Yeah, totally. That was spot on, as they say. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So yeah, Absolutely. pretty cool. I, I, I like the way they did that. No complaints mm-hmm. there. Hmm. Did Did you have any complaints about the scene? No,
0: not at all. I did like that Chastity got reprimanded for cussing.
1: Yeah, don't use swear words. <laughs> <laughs> and all the reluctant yeah. like that somebody would write something, he'd be like you, you want another stack? They'd be like, "Yeah, I'm bored." Yeah. Why not? What else? Are, what
0: else are you going to do? Back then, I think it was only, you know, they only had the Nintendo DS. Right. So, they didn't even have any of the cool uh Wi-Fi enabled
1: systems right. they didn't have like touchscreen phones that you can watch videos on mm-hmm. stuff like that so i would do yep. it if i was on the bus and somebody's like hey you want to make like a couple bucks i'd be like i'd, I'd do it for free yeah. just to kill some time <laughs> right
0: right the pay was kind of low right it was 45 cents or whatever per something like that i know it was, or was 25, it 45 cents or was it 50
1: 25 cents for a postcard mm-hmm. so it must have been 50 for a letter gotcha something okay. like that i don't know yeah Make some good lunch money. Yeah, you know. A little spending cash for when you get to Kushada. I'm sure things aren't that expensive there. Right. The Pepsi machine is probably still fifteen cents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it like has the bottle opener still right. attached to the machine.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's mm-hmm. how
0: you know that's how you know it's an old, old vending machine is if it has a bottle opener attached to it.
1: Especially if it dispenses plastic bottles. Yeah. 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 It's
0: been modified, but it still has the uh, the bottle opener for sure. That's all yeah. you
1: know. Nostalgia.
0: Yep. Opening is Tyrantula.
1: Tyrantula. That's right.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite stupid jokes we ever came up with on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Tarantula, dog. He doesn't, really, he doesn't, he hasn't done the haha thing lately, but that's okay. All right. So we get into the episode proper and we are at a restaurant, the name of which is what, Dave? El
1: Mico Acano. All right. M I C H O A C A N O Miko O'Connor. All right. Okay, cool. See, I echoed what we do at the beginning of the show when I
0: asked you for the show's title. You see that? You like that? See? Comes full? Starts yeah. full, circle. full circle. Oh, so mm-hmm. clever. I'm so clever. All right. So Nacho's in the boss seat. He's driving, man.
1: Yeah, he got crazy eight to do his job, and then he took over Tuco's and Hector's job.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. it was
1: Tuco earlier, he went to jail, then it was Hector. Now mm-hmm. it's Nacho.
0: Yeah, in the big boss chair,
1: uh, stoic as fuck. Super excited! They just opened up on nacho. That's great because uh, they knew we were hankering. We had a mm, hanker yeah. for some nacho.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, he was <laughs> gone for three episodes, and the room was uh, the room was adequately lit, so it's nice to see. Right. It's nice to see that he's entered the realm of the living. <laughs> so that's always good. <laughs> so Goldilocks sits down <laughs> and starts. Uh, <laughs> Uh, says he's a little short, uh, nacho calls him on on it. I did love the, uh, nacho man. I got to get to get going or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> all right, right on, man. Right on pretty boss move. Yanking the earring out of his ear, the earplug. Oh Lord. Yeah. I can't imagine. Can't imagine yeah. how
1: bad that would hurt. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy.
0: He's such a puss one. He didn't put the guy in his place. and nacho had to do it, mm-hmm. but I love how he tries to, validate nacho's feelings about doing that
1: yeah when he's like you had to yeah and Nacho's just like well, why didn't you do that that's your yeah, job like, now
0: as if nacho was feeling any
1: remorse <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like like
0: don't blame yourself man <laughs> you had to do that so awesome that's great uh it's good to see nacho kind of um well it's interesting right because he's kind of taking like the big boss spot but he's kind of owned by the competing cartel so he's just got to maintain he's got to maintain the front
1: well he's fully healed and mm-hmm. now he, i don't know he's, he does seem to have more of an edge to him
0: yeah did well, you pick I up mean, on
1: that yeah like he's been through all this shit and now he's kind of like more badass i guess yeah i mean yeah
0: look at his man pad right right after this we go to his man pad he's got women's cars he's got a widescreen tv which isn't fucking cheap in 2003 right true Right, he's got two chicks offering to make him dinner. He has art like fucking everywhere.
1: <laughs> he has like and not like Right,
0: <laughs> they're like giant canvases. Right of of art.
1: It's it's your typical drug dealer pad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. High end, so, high end
1: drug dealer pad, if you will. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nacho is uh, making living, that cheddar. He's
1: living large. He's he's living he large is. and and and, and showy, very showy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, money can't buy happiness, Dave. Nacho doesn't look like a very happy person.
1: No, not at all. Especially That's what since, they say, anyway. I mean, given the fact that he's got uh, fake Canadian ideas, IDs stashed for him and his old man, mm-hmm. he's got a lot on his mind right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it did show a close-up of his bullet wound, so he's not completely healed. He's still got a little ouchy down there.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's been seven months, and he's on, he's, he's well on the mend. Right, which is good because they weren't sure about how he would heal, and it turned out you know the uh the vet did a good job, yeah, yeah,
0: pretty well, pretty good, good for him, you know, um they say crime doesn't pay, but it looks like he's doing all right right <laughs> looks like it's looks like it's uh paid him quite handsomely,
1: quite handsomely, yes, yes, yeah, but it also yeah. you know he he's in a dangerous situation, and uh perhaps someday we' will ha- we'll get to see Felipe and Martin Cavallo,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's awesome about the fake canadian ids is michael mando is actually from canada
1: oh yeah that's right he mentioned yes. that in the interview that we did with him
0: so maybe that's just a little shout out to his uh his folks back home while he's filming better call saw
1: yeah totally that's 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 a nice little easter egg yeah you know, i can dig just, it
0: natural natural just wants to go home man just wants to go home okay then we come up to the germans on the strip club
1: you called blowing that up a
0: little glow yeah blowing up i mean what 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 the hell else are you going to do?
1: <laughs> right? Oh yeah. I mean, well the whole I mean, scene. Are you going
0: to take them on a Are you going to take them on a bus field trip to like a baseball game or? I guess they could have went to the isotopes.
1: Yeah, they can go see the they can Actually, I don't think the isotopes existed in 2003. Maybe they did. Mm-hmm. But um I mean the Grand Canyon is not far. Yeah, that's, that's true. A They a nice wanted.
0: scenic nice scenic um
1: Roswell's nearby. Um oh. you got the Painted Desert. You have uh, Route 40, which is one of the most boring stretches of road I've ever seen, next to I 80 through Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> plenty to do, plenty, plenty to do. Yeah,
0: Mike, Mike was just hanging with the boys, seeing some boobs, because who doesn't like boobs?
1: Werner apparently. Yeah, Werner doesn't seem to like boobs.
0: He's been with his wife for 26 years. That's that's all. That's all he needs, man.
1: Yeah, he's 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 he definitely needs. probably the most homesick and missing. Yeah. Mi- missing his lady.
0: It starts talking about his family and how his dad helped build the Sydney Opera House.
1: Yeah, I looked into that and uh I kind of went down a rabbit hole, so I stopped. Yeah. I wanted to see if, if cuz it's uh cuz the former's name is Werner Ziegler. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see if there was like a Ziegler that was actually oh. on the engineering firm. Yeah. But it's like a massive engineering firm that did it and uh they've uh-huh. done like they have a laundry list of uh, projects that they've done throughout the world actually
0: oh yeah and they probably had like hundreds of people work on it so you know i'm sure they it won't exactly plus it's a tv show so it probably doesn't exactly correlate with real life yeah exactly i'm i'm inclined to believe that maybe ziegler's dad really didn't help build the opera house
1: (laughs) i mean they think Vernon's full of shit
0: yeah well i guess he's lying fucker no and (laughs) um he also helped um And it was nice, too, because I, okay, so this is dumb. I don't know why I wrote this in my notes, but I wrote, that's nice. It helped Dory find her way home. So, obviously, I started thinking about finding Nemo, (laughs) how how Dory helped uh, find her way, uh, Nemo's way home by the Sydney Opera House. So, I just thought that was nice that he did that for a fish.
1: I'm trying to find a, a way to vocalize the look of disdain I have right now for that joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's how my wife looks at me at least four times a day when I make dumb jokes or stupid observations.
1: Uh, same boat. Same boat.
0: Yeah. Moving on. All right, so the dude who mispronounces the the dude who mispronounces the name of the beer.
1: The Hefeweisen?
0: <laughs> yeah, waffle It's
1: Hefeweisen. Um, Everybody knows it's Hefeweisen.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's uh uncultured
1: Americans. Yeah, well,
0: but um that guy kind of reminded me of badger for whatever reason
1: i didn't pick up on that but uh
0: I, I did obviously it's not because badger would be like 10 years old but for some reason he had that vibe about him kind of the softer voice and the the, mm, the moppy hair the mopish hair mm, i don't know no. for some reason remind me of badger i guess i just and, have an
1: affinity for that kind of character
0: mm-hmm, yeah we find out a lot about mike's father as well he liked uh stacks of paper and apartment flats so yeah (laughs) and and
1: massive and accruing massive debt he had no plan on paying back Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
0: well they they can't get it from you when you die (laughs) right
1: can't take it with you
0: yeah when i turn 85 years old oh man i'm taking out the biggest loan possible what are they gonna do to me (laughs) kill me
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice little parting nice little parting gift for your children
0: no that's okay they'll figure it out
1: yeah <laughs>
0: they'll figure it
1: out i raised them to be smart enough to deal with the situations i leave them when i die Mm-hmm. yes yeah
0: like all they'll have to do is get an even bigger loan pay off my loan and then when they die their kids could pay off that
1: it's called paying it forward brian mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> that's pretty much my plan just keep moving it down the line uh fucking kai what a dick that guy is such an ass
1: totally called that yeah that was in preview of the prior we we knew like, that was kind of obvious that they were going to go yeah, to a strip club I, and he was going to be an issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, okay, so the the thing is they're not even trying to pretend to, to hide the fact that Kai is a dick. So, right. once again, I'm going to double down that he's pretty much the impetus, especially after what transpired, transpired shortly after this, mm-hmm. that uh, everybody's just going to end up die, dead and part of the walls.
1: Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, the way they were talking about the the whole come to Jesus moment and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're not going to off everybody. Mm. I don't
0: know. We'll we'll just have to see. Couple things I wanted to point out when uh Mike walks in on Zukalaka Luckalooker, What's his name? Ziegler?
1: Ziegler. Mike? Yeah. Werner when Z- Mike...
0: Ziegler. Ziegler. Okay. So when when Mike walks in on Ziegler um drunk and apparently telling everybody how they're going to build an elevator shaft. Mhm. Oh, uh, one, yeah, guess the lab did have an elevator shaft. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, I have a hard time believing that, even in its most drunken state, that anybody would just start talking about that.
1: Right? Was that a little weird? Did that seem a little forced to you? I was like, it, it kind of did, but that does happen sometimes when you're when you're isolated and you can't you can't tell anything. Like a lot of times, mm-hmm. people confess like extremely. Personal and dark things to random strangers, knowing that they're not going to yeah. see repercussions. They just have to get it off their chest and say it to somebody. So mm-hmm. this kind of thing does happen in real life. I mean, criminals actually yeah. get busted this way. So yeah, it is plausible. It does seem kind of weird. You'd think this guy would be smarter than that, knowing mm-hmm. who he's dealing with and and how serious Mike takes Mike takes things. Right, but at, so it's kind of like yes and no. I kind of had mixed feelings about it.
0: Yeah. I, I was impressed by Mike's sleight of hand when he grabbed the coaster off the table as he was reprimanded and Zeigler. He puts it in his right front prock- pocket.
1: I didn't see it. I didn't see it upon yeah, my well, watch.
0: Because it was the sleight of hand.
1: Mm. <laughs> so Batman also does magic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's part of his mystique, right? Batman does a lot of magic. He disappears. He somehow shoots a grappling hook into nothing and then <laughs> flies off. Right. Even if he's like, even if Batman's in the woods, he'll shoot the grappling hook into the sky and manage to fly off. Right, he grabs a cloud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, makes sense. It's actually like an umbrella attachment on the other end, <laughs> to where he can yank hard up and it, it like picks him up and goes.
1: When he grabs Werner and gets in the mm-hmm. car, and and he turns on the light. Um, they have like these magic headlamps that actually light the interior of the car when you turn them on. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He turns on the car and it lights up the inside. I thought that was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> Super safe for night driving. Yeah, totally. I I did like the weird uh, couples having a lover spat moment as they were in the car. That's kind mm-hmm. of what it reminded me of is, is, you know, somebody got a little too drunk at the party. <laughs> you got to drive <laughs> all the way home, which I guess is essentially what happened.
1: Kind of a callback to last episode. Exactly. That's I was just going to say Yeah, this when Jimmy this got a little boozed night. up and ran his mouth a little too much.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, see, so that's why we work well together. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're all going to end up in the concrete.
1: You think so? You think you really think they're going to end up in the concrete?
0: Oh, I think everybody's getting killed. Yeah,
1: I think well, so. Well, I will contradict you this episode and say they are going to be just uh, just fine and dandy with their with their lumps of reason. cash. And they're going to go home and live safe, happy lives.
0: Yeah, well, my reasoning is they're over budget. They're behind schedule. Mm-hmm. They're assholes, especially Kai. Mm-hmm. So I would think that all trust that Gus has in them has now been probably breached.
1: If it does happen that way, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. will be Gus doing it around Mike. Because obviously I'm taking from his conversation with Gus that Mike doesn't want that to happen. He says he gave Warner the mm-hmm. come-to-Jesus the come to, the come to Jesus moment. He's got it under control. Um, maybe Kai will still be off. I'm down with that. But I I really think Gus was kind of saying, like, look, it's going to be fine. The work is solid. He made a a point to say, regardless of what's going on, the work is solid. Mm -hmm. So if Gus decides to do that, Mike won't know about it, and Mike will not be complicit in said actions.
0: I think maybe it'll just happen, and then Mike will know what's up or just not be surprised.
1: What if Mike stops it from happening?
0: Whoa! Mind blowing plot twist. Yeah, I, I don't think he will. Mike doesn't really seem to give a shit about anything.
1: I think he's taking a shine to Werner. You think they're buddies? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, especially since like how Werner fucked up real bad. That's a pretty big. Yeah. That's a pretty big mistake. And for him to just like to be that stern and and give him that speech mm. and stuff. Um, I think they're kind of buddied up. He's teaching them German. They go out and have a beer and socialize together. I, I think, think that's kind
0: of more out of necessity though, right? Cause it'd be a total pain in the ass to <laughs> to rehire and go through that entire process. I don't know. Mike have to kill those people. Now
1: Mike's kind of living on an Island right now. I think, I think he needs some companionship himself. Yeah. You know, well, he, he
0: had it, he had it with Anita.
1: Well, when they pour the concrete, we'll see Anita again. I knew you were going to say that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe they have kind of become buddies. Cause the speech he gave was totally the, uh, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. On on a whole nother, you know, mob based, we kill people without thinking twice about it level.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Okay. Yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, yeah. That's the mob equivalent of that speech. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kim's rocking out to German music, doing the work thing.
1: Coincidence?
0: I think not, actually. Not even being, not even being cute there. Nope. (laughs) And, uh, Jimmy keeps disrupting her. Uh, what I gained from that is he's just fishing for her reactions, trying to gauge where she's at with
1: things. Yeah, I think so. Especially that meaningful turnaround look at the end when he leaves. Yeah, you know? longily.
0: Yeah. yeah, the longing uh, the longing gaze.
1: He, he came just short of the magic little magic fingers trick that he does when he's trying to get things to go his way. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure it went through his mind. Probably. It probably went through
1: his Yeah, But he's definitely being aloof, keeping his his distance, not trying to not upset Kim. This is obviously a huge favor that she's doing for him. Right.
0: Right. And uh, Jimmy heads off to the dry cleaner's office, and Mrs. Nguyen uh, asks Jimmy if the wife's mad. And uh, I I don't agree with her philosophy where she's pretty much, uh, whatever she says, just apologize.
1: She says, nice dinner with a waiter Mm -hmm. and cloth napkins. Mm That's key. Mm-hmm. No paper napkin yeah. restaurants, right? Don't go to don't go to the restaurant where Nacho collects drug money. You know, take her mm-hmm. like Red Lobster or something. Not not Long John Silver. Red, but lobster, red lobster, yeah. lobster. You know,
0: <laughs> you don't want to take her someplace cheese dick like <laughs> like Olive Garden. So you take her to Red Lobster.
1: <laughs> Although white women love Olive Garden, that's true. Does your wife love Olive Garden? That's true. No. Okay. And, and shoot, the reason is shoot my philosophy I, down. <laughs>
0: Well, I think uh, my wife likes Olive Garden in the sense that it's not a TGI Fridays, Mm. but my wife is also a really good cook. So once again, it runs into the problem. If we go out to eat and it's supposed to be, uh, you know, somewhat pricey, it better just be a good place where she can't cook as well as that restaurant on a daily basis. See what I'm saying? Like if we went to like a really expensive yeah, steak place. Totally, she could probably cook a steak that awesome, but it's not something she could just whip up like on the fly and have it taste better, right? Well, uh,
1: sometimes you're paying Olive for the Garden. ambiance and the atmosphere, also,
0: and the free breadsticks because then then you know that place yeah. just exudes class. Totally. <laughs> that place just, doesn't right. taste like no. Chef
1: Boy RD at all, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But that—that's my wife's thing with places like Olive Garden. She—she she knows she could probably, you know, with three she, ingredients and a tan tied behind her back, probably make better food than Olive Garden. So if we go to Olive Garden, or at best, everything is just going to be okay to her because, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like, yeah, yeah, it's all right,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why you got to take her to the Dancing Marlin.
0: The Dancing Marlin.
1: Dancing Marlin, yeah, in uh, Frankfurt, Illinois. Mm. Tapas, Do man. Have a- Tapas.
0: Oh, yeah, tapas. Yeah, small portions, full price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that That whole thing. Um, I mean, maybe in his situation, but like over, over general. Never apologize, guys. Take it from somebody who's been married through 12 years. Never apologize. <laughs> 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 Never. Never. For that's anything. Right. That's right. Never. For anything ever.
1: We've yeah. already had this discussion yeah. where, where we've talked yeah. about how you don't apologize for anything.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Except for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, I disagree. Things are too, too, some things are too egregious, even for myself.
1: So in, in the midst of our wandering uh, 10 minutes based, what was it? Are we focused for 10 minutes on misinterpreting the situation? Um, mm-hmm. I think she's right. I think that is uh, that is a cure-all for a lot of things because a lot of women are stupid. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fact that he's like, he has that look. He's like, we might be past that. So, yeah. Because we're always debating what is the nature, of, where are they at in their relationship, and they're doing a good job mm-hmm. of that. It's almost like a will they, won't they kind of thing, in their own better right. call Saul kind of way. And mm-hmm. uh, what the fuck is he doing with the cell phones?
0: Yeah, they're they're not really. Uh, I think I, I I think I said this uh, episode or two ago. Yeah, just not the cohesive unit that they once were.
1: Right, right, right. Although, and there's
0: little, there's little, there's little, uh, there's little sparks. Yeah, you know, still there with the whole like draping the leg over while they're sleeping because that's like a comfort thing. Yeah, they, you wouldn't just do that to somebody you're pissed off at, but
1: right. I know they tend to go a little more linearly, but by the end of the episode, they're definitely more on the cohesive unit side. The mm-hmm. ebb and flow, the pendulum swinging the other way. Right. Right. Which makes so me. Before we get there, yeah.
0: Before we get there, I want to talk with uh, talk about Kim. At the uh, at the courthouse
1: with Shows ADA up at the courthouse. with ADA Suzanne Erickson, one of our listeners was right about uh, the ADA. It was mm-hmm. a previous case. She was involved in the case that put Tuco away. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and yeah. I I don't think she got the sentence that she wanted or something. I didn't go mm-hmm. fully into it, but I I did look it up, and yeah, that was the the Tuco case was the the previous encounter with the assistant district attorney.
0: Yeah, she just keeps getting her shit pushed in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she'll never make she'll never make district attorney at this rate. She should be an assistant <laughs> assistant forever. Uh, assistant Pete, forever. Well,
1: Peter principal.
0: She rolled up with a posse. Power move. Yeah. Total
1: power move.
0: Yeah, and then she winds up it with a very subtle power move at the end of the scene. Did you catch it?
1: when he's, when the, when the idea is like your client's still going away and she goes okay we'll see
0: yeah that's no, that's not what i'm talking about but we let's talk about the scene i'll tell you what i'm talking about all right so long story long story short kim basically threatens her says we're going to make it a civil rights case which it was totally called by one of our listeners she tries to stay uh, the assistant district attorney tries to maintain a strong face and uh you know ask ask kim to chat with her after their meeting and after all of Kim's little goons left, she still threatens Kim and, and mm-hmm. says Huel's going to jail. And and you were right. So I, I don't think the okay was is the it power move. I, I thought that was just more of a defiant thing.
1: So is the power move when 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 uh, Erickson's like you have three four hundred dollar an hour associates for a pro bono case, and she just goes who says it's pro bono.
0: No. No. I think the ultimate power move was when Kim leaves the office and walks out, she doesn't shut the door behind her.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: She walked out of this woman's office. and Because usually in those situations, you offer to shut the door out of a courtesy. Mm. But Kim didn't even try that. She very deliberately stuck the door open and walked out.
1: Nice. Okay. Very, very observant, sir.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'm just reading into that a little too much. But as soon as I saw that, I started chuckling. Because if anybody has ever worked in an office environment and had to deal with people who have their own office, especially when you've had a meeting with them, mm-hmm. uh, 99% of the time, if you forget, because it works the other way, right? Because if you, if you intentionally forget, or if you, or if you accidentally forget, a lot of times people are like, hey, could you shut my door? You know, If you're being courteous, you usually turn around and say, hey, you want the door shut? Mm-hmm. Kim didn't even break stride. She very deliberately stuck the door open, like open it, mm-hmm. stuck it open without breaking stride walked out which is you know very obviously signaling <laughs> don't even fucking ask me to shut the door like yeah. this bitch is staying open you know so i chuckle because i found that to be i i thought that was a hilarious power move that was a very yeah. subtle <laughs> like <laughs> this is my office now type of move so
1: yeah and i've seen that other places where it's like hey can you please shut the door behind you and the person goes oh okay and then doesn't I don't know if that happened in this show, but I've definitely seen that in other places too. <laughs> gotcha,
0: bro. And then just walk off.
1: <laughs> I was actually, I didn't catch that because I was looking at the guy in the waiting room, just wondering mm-hmm. if that was, something was going to happen there and kind of watching yeah. how Kim left. So mm-hmm. I was focusing on other things. So good catch, man. Good catch. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: We're back at the dormitory and Mike's pissed. Man. <laughs>
1: Is he ever? This is the come to Jesus moment.
0: Yeah, a lot of people pissed this season because Kim was pissed <laughs> like twice <laughs> last episode, and now Mike's pissed,
1: and Robert Schweikert was this, pissed at Jimmy.
0: Yeah, the the okay, so <laughs> Schweikert pissed. <laughs> so the thing about it, first off, Ziggler's like a child, right? He's getting scolded, and he, he's he's like he a seems, child that
1: that. Uh, Knows he could die. <laughs> it's like
0: well, a child no, that knows he could like,
1: die. He knows he messed up, but not as bad. It's, you know, he tried to get away with something, and he knows it was a mistake, but he doesn't realize how bad of a mistake it was. You know, mm-hmm. he thought he he thought he, like left things vague enough to where people wouldn't get upset about it. But he kind of specifically yeah. drew up plans for building a secret underground lair.
0: That's why I thought was so great about that is because he, yeah, he tried to pose it as if he was just talking about general construction, mm-hmm. and then Mike, as it was explained, he was a German national in the middle of Albuquerque. Apparently, Mike overheard him giving him very specific,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> very like what he was doing.
1: I think there were specific dimensions on the drawing. Because right, because when he, he's talking to the to the random strangers, he was definitely giving very specific information.
0: Yeah. So, once again, everybody's going to die because of that.
1: He should have just told Mike, I'm building your bat layer, dude.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Back the fuck off.
1: Yeah. This is for you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Back at the courthouse uh, in the. Meanwhile. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile. (laughs) Okay, so here's my thing. Um, obviously, they're just going back and forth, and the judge is like, holy shit, you guys need to figure this out because I don't want to deal with any of these cards and bullshit, and I don't want a media circus, and I don't want national news
1: and all this stuff here. <laughs> Are you prosecuting right? Santa off, Claus? <laughs> I yeah, dug that I, a lot.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know that judges had that power. I didn't know judges could call the councils in and say, just fucking figure this out so we don't have to deal with this shit. I didn't, I didn't know that was doable.
1: It might have been more of a personal thing. Because, Obviously, we, we've seen that Kim has some respect for Judge Munninger, uh huh. Um, so yeah. it might be like you know, not necessarily like I'm I'm legally obligating you to join me in my chambers, it's more like, mm-hmm. uh, you, you come here and let me figure this out because this is a really fucked up situation, right?
0: Okay, uh, that judge reminds me of, um Mr. Incredibles boss at the insurance company in the first Incredibles movie.
1: <laughs> it's not his them. voice
0: that's, I know, I know yeah. it's totally not, but his voice and jowls and Inconceivable. <laughs> total, yeah, yeah. Totally reminded me of that character.
1: <laughs>
0: and for
1: the rest of the scene,
0: that's all I could think about was
1: Nice. Yeah. Were you waiting for Kim to like throw him through a bunch of walls? <laughs> <laughs> not right, yeah, because if anybody could do it, she could. I like how he, he's like calls Kim out like did you start this because yes yeah totally did
0: (laughs) yeah she absolutely did that's which that struck me a little bit the the blatant lie yeah that surprised me a little bit
1: that is going to lead into my theory that i will wrap up the show with
0: perfect we'll talk about it then but so when when they're chatting and the guys you know how you going to index santa claus and all this shit when the ada and her name is what again dave
1: suzanne erickson
0: Okay, thank you. So when Suzanne Erickson uh, heads off to her office and starts getting all the information and such, mm-hmm. she makes note to say, "I want everything." And one of the things she mentions is places of residence. Mm. So is Huel from? I mean, Babineau. He's obviously Cajun of some type. Yeah, but yeah, I'm. I'm. Is, is I'm he from? Is he from that town?
1: This is his hometown. Absolutely. This is his hometown. Okay. It's got to be. I wouldn't think that they would make up a hometown. I think they would use his actual hometown because that's yeah. just that's because okay. at least this way, you know, it is this. You can work around that. If you just made up the town, then that's a much higher chance of getting caught.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I figured you know. they just picked some Podunk Town to explain where he's from. You see what I'm saying? I, I I don't know. For some reason, I just had it in my head that he
1: might be from somewhere different. <laughs> no, I, I think this is like, actually his hometown.
0: Okay all right fair enough awesome from yeah from koshada yeah i louisiana i do dig the the um the way that the whole phone scam worked out very clever
1: yeah because i was Using wondering when jimmy was messing with the phones i found mm-hmm. that very confusing so i'm glad they sort sorted that out and uh I like that we uh, we get to see the camera guy and the sound guy and the. the little oh, I was actors. so happy
0: for you. You're exactly who I thought
1: about. <laughs>
0: I <was> like, oh. <laughs> Well, for many reasons, but I was just like I was like, oh shit, Dave's gonna be happy because you kind of you kind of like that whole little dynamic with the camera crew.
1: Yeah, I love their their little millennial shittiness that they their contempt they have for <laughs> for Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he pays but they're them always game. Right? Yeah,
0: they're always yeah, yeah they're there they're there they're in place. And,
1: yeah. You know doing their thing so one thing that struck a nerve with me was the uh oh this is the church phone so start the organ music Mm -hmm. like if you're you know you're trying to play this off and have this elaborate lie but that's like going too far that's really trying too hard to show that it's in a church because i i don't know how many churches just have organ music playing the whole time
0: i i will say i grew up two doors down from the church that my parents attended Mm mm-hmm and it was always open and the people that usually play organs for the church are uh volunteer like senior citizen volunteers and such right right and those people do practice quite often and they almost use it as like a social oh thing well they then. don't keep the church open anymore but when i was younger you could walk into the you could walk into the church at any time mm. and what was great um what was kind of eerie about it well i mean it was kind of eerie because you'd be in a church like this giant church all by yourself but uh, I just wanted to point out that the little hymnal that they gave out at the end of church uh, has ads in the back, mm-hmm. and McDonald's would always give away a free medium fry coupon as their advertisement, ah. so I would go in there and take stacks of the of the hymnals that they <laughs> handed out every week nice. and pretty much just cut out the free fry coupons and then ride my bike to to <laughs> McDonald's, so... I'm just saying, yes, there are people in their odd hours playing organs, but I get where you're coming from because it's a little on the nose trying to sell it as a church. There was a couple things that I felt were a little, little on the nose in this, in this entire scene.
1: Yeah. But I I was okay with the background, like the birds chirping and like the nature sounds in the background. I thought that was kind of clever during the first phone call, but then, yeah,
0: but I guess if you're putting yourself in that situation, you know, it's probably easier to sell to the unsuspecting. Right. Right. I mean, I, I guess we're viewing it from the lens of uh, assholes watching a TV show. We're like, "Oh, that would never, that would never happen." But generally, you would expect.
1: But she's not unsuspecting. Churches. She's suspecting. This is a very, very suspicious mm. person that's going to look for any reason to knock to, to poke holes in your case. Yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. But you know, you've you, I thought it was you've explained the organ thing, so you can take a point away from me if you want to, because I was <laughs> I think I was wrong I, on that.
0: But for the record, I, I did feel it was a little far-fetched myself. Okay. I thought it was a little far-fetched. I was like, ah, I, I get you have the phones and all this, but the lady seemed pretty intimately familiar with Jimmy McGill, right?
1: Yeah. like I yeah,
0: And I'm just saying that the pastor that she supposedly called, because she already had her suspicions about the phone numbers anyway, otherwise she wouldn't have been calling them to verify the mm-hmm. veracity of them, Uh, To me, just sound like Jimmy McGill doing a Cajun accent <laughs> right you know and, what I mean? and
1: I was I was getting worried that when Jimmy went off script and and you know he, he sometimes when you lie you go a little too far you tell too many yeah. details mm-hmm. so the whole going off script also she knows he's peddling burner phones I think she's gonna put this together yeah I do
0: you think it'll okay although, I, I wouldn't be surprised although I, I think I'm not disagreeing because
1: but I believe, at, I believe at the end of the episode, they come to a conclusion and they have settled the deal, right?
0: Yeah, but it, it's because it was pressured by, by the supposed campaign. So I guess I, it could come back to bite him though, because if it's under like false pretenses, and then what if it came back that Kim was complicit and all that? Well, he
1: does list all the things they did later in the episode. So we'll, we'll, when we get mm-hmm. to that scene, we'll talk more about that.
0: Okay, awesome.
1: I like the fake website, though yes did okay, they show so, did they show jimmy taking those pictures of Huel in a previous episode
0: i'm not sure if they showed the pictures taken or them taking pictures of Huel. I again that was one thing that i thought was a little oddly overkill but mm-hmm. i get that they're trying to sell it and obviously that's the genesis of the whole thing that they did in breaking bad where the zombies were making donations for waltz cancer treatment mm-hmm. yeah
1: same yeah. same thing well that's right because Saul sets that it. up yeah yeah,
0: I get it. Yeah, wow.
1: I, I get what they were going for. I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that point for you.
0: Yeah, I, gu- I guess I'm just saying a lot. Of, a lot of stuff was too on the nose, and I get it. They're, they're like, holy shit, we're at episode 408. We have two more to go, and next season might be our last season. So mm-hmm. we we need to, uh, we need to start kicking some things into overdrive because, really, just in general, 408 was actually a little bit meatier and interesting episode than I'm used to mm-hmm. for the one before the one before the penultimate. Episode. Yeah, they're
1: really packing it in. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting uh, to see where they go from here. So yeah. Um, one thing I am going to start using in real life from this, though, is I'm going to start telling people I, be, I will be with them presently. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be my new it's thing very... when I'm on a conference call and somebody says, Brian, are you there? And I'm just going to say, yes, I will be there. <laughs> I will be with you presently.
1: Very Southern of you. Very, very Southern yes, thing I, to say. You
0: well, know, I did live in the South for a while.
1: Like saying, so bless saying your heart. I, I, and that's not a compliment Mm yeah exactly
0: yeah (laughs) it's just a snide asshole thing to say for sure
1: and then jimmy shows up at the courthouse and i Mm -hmm. thought they were going to call the church number and the phone was going to ring in his pocket
0: oh really oh man i didn't even think of that but man that's good that would have been pretty funny uh jimmy was at the courthouse and i just thought man that's stupid why is he there (laughs) that's dumb right that's all i kept thinking i'm like okay so Instead of just waiting five minutes, he needs to get verification. So not only does he peek, in, like, peek through the window of the office mm-hmm. while they're sitting there negotiating the final terms, mm-hmm. right? Because all she had to do was turn to her right or catch him out of the corner of her eyes, and she would probably be like, oh, something's up. But then what if she walked out of the room first? Again, what was your plan? What right. if she walked out of the room first, and now he's just like inconspicuously sitting in the hallway?
1: Oh, he's here to pick up his girlfriend at that point, I guess.
0: Right? It didn- I I guess I don't know. I just think that was a dumb move.
1: Yeah, I think that was a dumb move too. But
0: then again, these aren't pe- perfect people either. You know, they're very flawed. So right. uh, the the whole ringing of the phone would have been pretty pretty good though.
1: Yeah. But we good. didn't get that. Instead, we just get a little bit a bit of making out in the stairwell.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, okay, so that threw me for a loop, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Kim Kim's back to digging it, right? Hey, you know? So w- that obviously must have been her big moral dilemma over the past few weeks. Is you know her feelings are, you know, she likes pretty much being a mischief maker. It seems I, like, and, it, it's, and it's, she was trying to fight that, right? Because so that's why she goes and tries to do the right thing, because she's trying to fight back her, trying to fight her attraction to the the uh, morally ambiguous Jimmy McGill, right? Type behavior.
1: Yeah, and like while while we're all, we were sitting here saying over the past few episodes that Kim's all about truth and justice and the American way, and like being upright and legit. Um, i'm starting Mm -hmm. to think that kim likes getting over on people just as much as jimmy it's just that she's Mm -hmm. better at doing it legally but she finds it more fun to do it shadily
0: yeah apparently she's all in i mean it seems like it as as of this point right but we didn't know that but i mean obviously the episode ends up like that but but this is where i was like holy shit kim's all in yeah and then I started thinking, I'm like, oh my God, everybody was right. Dave was right, and all the other people saying, like, well, what if Kim's still around in Breaking Bad? I was like, ah, oh, this totally just gives them the end to make sure that she's around her and Breaking Bad.
1: Actually, I don't think so now. Yeah, really? <laughs> for real? I'm gonna, I'm, 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 thinking it might go a different direction. Do you want my big theory now, or do you want to wait on that?
0: Uh, we can wait on that. Okay. Let's let's get through the scenes first.
1: Let's foreshadow um, it and tease everybody, and I'll get to it at the end mm-hmm. of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. And I like I like how they're lying in bed and then she's like, mm-hmm. "Can we go can you do it again?" And he's like, "Can you handle it?" And you obviously think they're going to talk about banging for Like a third time or fourth time or fifth time, whatever. Right. And no, he, she just wants to hear the accent some more.
0: Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> Cuz it's so bad. It's a yeah. pretty terrible southern accent.
0: It is. Yeah. It is. But I guess that's what makes it awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it totally.
0: Exp- it defies expectations right because if you're if you're gonna make that move you would think somebody's gonna make that move doing a really good <laughs> a really good <laughs> impersonation but uh but nope nope not the way it went down nope uh, Jimmy Jimmy's checking on holes so he can run his <laughs> he can run his business out of and uh, Kim at the same time is working at the green table and uh, yeah
1: I like how I like how Paige uses the phrase stable as a table. When her company yeah. is this green uh, table. Yeah,
0: I, I caught that too, yeah. Maybe that's their slogan. Nice. Maybe that's the bank's slogan, yeah. Mesa verde <laughs> table is the table. <laughs> Paige, just just so I'm not misunderstanding this, right? Paige is Kevin's daughter, correct?
1: I think you threw that out there. I don't think that's his daughter. I think that's like his assistant. Oh, okay. I think that's a business relationship.
0: Okay, carry on then. I, I just want to make sure.
1: But Kim is obviously distracted. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. she's she can't really keep her head in the game right now. And then when mm-hmm. when Kevin wants to change the Lubbock, I'm sorry. When Kevin wants to change the Lubbock location, mm-hmm. and Kim shuts it down. She's just like, "No, do like stop. That's that's enough."
0: So what's her deal? Why why do you think that she can't do well, like, why do you think Mesa Verde is giving her all sorts of anxiety
1: when cuz it's just it's a lot and and she's pulling like he says she's pulling rabbits out of the hat. And like eventually mm-hmm. you just kind of run out of bullets in the chamber. You know? Okay. All your eggs start hatching and then when the cow the, the when the cow's calling for milk in the morning, sometimes the rooster just don't crow.
0: That's true. Yeah. I was actually gonna say, do you have any other cliched analogies <laughs> you <toss> out there? <laughs> but I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I'm glad You're you welcome. kept going, okay. Yeah. I guess I, I just don't
1: see why the Mesa Verde thing is, is that big of a deal. I think it's well. It's I I I do because it's, it's massive. It's there's how many locations she's already been o- overwhelmed the whole time, and yeah, she did mm-hmm. you know start the branch and has all this help now, but mm-hmm. it's you know like she said it took two months to get the original permit. Now he wants to adjust it, and it's just it's so many late nights. And I think the mm-hmm. PD work is appealing because it's not so many late nights. You know, yeah. it's kind of easier. Yeah. And and and, and if she's all about helping people, Kevin doesn't really need help. Like he seems to be pretty well off and they're doing okay and he's just trying to get richer and richer. He's already one of the haves and she likes helping the have nots.
0: Okay, so, that's a good
1: interpretation. Yeah. Okay. Why 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 help a have get more when you can help a have not get some?
0: Okay.
1: That's a good interpretation. I don't even have a response to that,
0: but I like that. I like that. I like that, I like that they brought back the lid from the uh, Zafrino a Neho Mm -hmm. tequila
1: Mm -hmm. totally that's she starts finally it and just reminiscing about the good old time
0: yeah once upon a time when they were scamming kyle bornheimer right (laughs) which is awesome because kyle bornheimer he was on our podcast but Mm -hmm. he also got a mention in bojack horseman so i thought that was pretty awesome
1: (laughs) which comedy central picked up by the way
0: comedy central picked up bojack Horseman.
1: yeah uh i was at a hotel in milwaukee over the weekend watching comedy central and they kept showing ads a uh, series premiere Bojack Horseman on Comedy Central. Really? So Comedy Central picked up the show, yeah.
0: So are they start oh they're probably picking up like the reruns right Yeah. from like season 1. Yeah, to, it's like so. it's
1: like getting syndicated on network on a network.
0: Okay, yeah. That's got to be pretty rare for a Netflix. That's series, what I was right? thinking.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: Mike's given the progress report to
1: Gus and things
0: are not really going all that well. Although they did talk about the elevator shaft, which we talked about earlier. So yes, there is an elevator shaft. I, I, apparently I just completely forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, But they're way, they're way behind schedule. They're, uh, they're over budget and old Vern is on the hot seat. So again, I'm pretty much
1: sold on, this is all just foreshadowing Gus killing them all. Yeah, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm going to still disagree with you. I did I did note mm-hmm. that it only took an hour to rebuild that one post. I thought that would take a lot longer. Yeah. But I, yeah. this, is, this is the scene that makes me think that if Gus does something, Mike won't know because Mike vouched for him, and he says it's solid work and all that. So I, this is where I'm like, I see Mike sticking up for Werner and hoping maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to assuade Gus away from that particular decision.
0: Yeah, because that's kind of Mike's thing, right? He's had a couple chances just to completely eliminate the threat, and then he does it through a less than lethal manner. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, totally. I get you. All right. Batman's negotiation skills are above par. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Again, Jimmy's just taking a look at these, like, shithole offices, and uh, Kim just happens by. (laughs) Yes. Just happens by in this really weird part of town with this totally shitty building.
1: She tracked him down.
0: Yeah, seemed very reminiscent of, of one of the first scenes of Better Call Saul.
1: Kind of a callback, yeah. Where she's outside smoking. He yeah. takes a cigarette from her. Yeah, mm-hmm. which because yeah. they're getting back to that, so this is all that writing of like bringing things back together, coming full circle. Pendulum mm-hmm. swinging yeah. the other way, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's when um Jimmy's kind of he offers again, although it's probably an empty offer to end all of his little shenanigans and tomfoolery
1: mm-hmm well, he's Which like talking like the third time and he's talking her down because he thinks she's freaking out you know when she says mm-hmm. she's just thinking about things and he's like okay right. see, so you're worked up thinking we're gonna get busted and he he lists everything they did and uh so he mm-hmm. thinks he's trying to talk her down but that's not the case yeah, yeah she's she, all in she wants to do it she wants to do it again wants to do it again yeah jesus yeah, she is sparked so, up
0: yeah and uh, I, I can see why Jimmy's obviously the closest thing she has to as a friend cuz once again she has like no friends, no family, she never mentions any of that shit. Right. Yeah, so maybe she's just lonely and it's like fuck it. Fuck it, I'm in this. So, here's minute to win it. and then and then she's the mastermind of Breaking Bad.
1: <laughs> maybe. But this is so this is my theory is mm-hmm. one possible way this could go is the DA doesn't give up trying to track this whole thing down. Kim, mm-hmm. Kim did start the letter writing and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. She wants to turn to like the the more Jimmy, the slipping Jimmy, slipping Kimmy kind of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, yeah. this could totally screw her over. She could end up in jail, or disbarred. Ah. She might end up disbarred. You know, Mesa Verde could lose her. This whole thing could blow up in her face. And like I said, I think last episode, maybe Kim's the one that's actually breaking bad. Nice, nice. Okay, I like mm-hmm. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: a good theory. Yeah. yeah I, I'm glad I came up with that. Yeah. So Yeah. I'm going to go okay. ahead and get, I'm going to go ahead and give myself four points for that theory. No, <laughs> I'm completely possible. It, it, uh, next episode, I think is where we'll find out all the crazy shit, right? Cause it's four Oh nine. And that's right. just
1: the, how it goes. And, so, and that, that might be the crazy shit Yeah, is that this, this all blows up. Mm-hmm. They get busted. It all gets pinned on Kim and uh, yeah. There you go. It'd be better, all right. It'd be great
0: if everything got pinned on Kim. And Jimmy, time enough time has elapsed to where Jimmy can represent her, mm. but totally botches right.
1: the case and then sends her to jail. <laughs> well, I'm as I'm working this theory out while we're talking, because um, Jimmy wants it to be Wexler McGill. Mm-hmm. So maybe Kim ends up getting punished or something. So then he starts this whole thing as Saul Goodman to like kill time until she's out and then they can be wexler mcgill and go straight
0: Mm. and since
1: he'll be a different kind of lawyer he'll use a different kind of name yeah okay or the whole fuck chuck i don't want to use his name so i'm going to be saul goodman i think that's more plausible
0: yeah and then that one's a little bit
1: odd to me that's a little bit more nah no i i think the whole saul goodman thing stems from his hatred for his brother
0: okay I think it just stems from the fact that he realizes that he's kind of just a shady dick and when he was a shady dick scamming people at bars he would say his name is Saul Goodman so if he's going to be a shady dick he might as well be Saul Goodman. That's just his alter ego. That that's just him. No, Jimmy is yeah. Jimmy is Saul Goodman's Jimmy alter ego. The, so, yeah, he's it's like, like Superman. It's yeah, he's exactly. Like Bruce Wayne is the alter ego of Batman, not the other way around as everybody thinks seems. So that's No. Yes. Clark
1: Kent is the alter ego of Superman.
0: Right, but right. People say Batman is the alter ego of Bruce Wayne. Right? But yes. Yes. No. no. Bruce Wayne is the alter ego of Batman. Listeners, back okay. me up on this. Tweet us, ISDM. No, back,
1: no. Ba- back me up on this. That Superman or Clark Kent is the alter ego of Superman, which is what makes Superman different from every other superhero.
0: Okay, so if you agree with me about Batman, just do like a hashtag. Brian is right. If you agree with Dave. Do a hashtag Dave is wrong, and we'll get to the bottom of this <laughs> for sure. ISGM podcast on Twitter. Do it now.
1: <laughs> Heads I win, tells you lose. Huh?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, lastly, Nacho goes back to the restaurant to this loud ass music and this really happy go lucky dude
1: dancing. And which I uh, wanted to point out the fact that this is the polar opposite of mm-hmm. every time someone every time Nacho's waiting on someone, it's dark and quiet. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to come across somebody and it's loud and active and bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got yeah. usurped. Clever. Got usurped. Usurped. Came, came and took his shit. That
0: guy made him lunch and then literally ate his lunch. <laughs> well, right. he offered
1: it. He, yeah. he
0: tried to get Nacho to eat his own lunch. Right, but then he was going to eat it because he, he was going to eat it when Nacho turned it down. He he made him lunch and then he literally ate his fucking lunch.
1: He was just like, all right, well. right, All right, so now. But it wasn't a dick move. No, I was told there was dick. an air. There was an air of the whole air of it was Dick Movish, but he did offer Nacho the plate first. It wasn't like he didn't make it and then just sit there and eat it in front of Nacho. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anything. I guess that's you know, true. He did offer Nacho first.
0: He was just doing the it, whole. It was
1: that whole like I have you by the balls, and I'm gonna be super friendly about it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I, just,
1: I, I, I do like that dynamic. That's, that's twisting
0: cool. the knife a bit. Right. Like just just like right in your face, like, ah, oh, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, hey, we're buddies, right, buddy? Yeah. Kind of like right. Jimmy DeSchweiger. Hey, buddy. Like, you know, we're, we're kind of pals making <laughs> making you. And then he even calls for him. It's the last words of the scene, right? He's like, Varga, come on. <laughs> like right. Like, a, you know, power move. He's in charge now.
1: Yeah. He's not shutting of, the like, door on the office. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. It's, it's a, you know, family secret recipe. And he's like, Nacho is like Salamanca family. Right, yeah. Like, ah. Yeah, you're not so one So you know of who us. that is? You know who that is? Who? Lalo. In Saul Goodman's first episode, he says, was it Ignacio? And they say no. And he says, did Lalo send you? Is this from Lalo? And they say no. And that's when he breathes a sigh of relief.
0: Oh. Well, he even says, so there's t- you can call yeah, me there's Lalo. Two,
1: there's, well, no, in, in, in Breaking Bad, he mentions two people when Walt and Jesse had ducked. Right. And
0: in this episode- Ignacio
1: and lalo so this is the introduction of lalo right and in this episode he introduces himself and even says
0: but you can call me lalo he says that yeah yeah Yeah.
1: exactly right we're saying the same damn thing it
0: just sounds like we're arguing but yeah no good catch on that i didn't catch that i was actually going to ask you what he said because i've watched it twice and i couldn't hear what he said there but that's that's uh that's very interesting yeah which makes me think this is we're getting real this is obviously really close right how much longer can you drag it out right Time, right. to, time to take the fifth season and start tying shit up, folks. <laughs>
1: yep, that's that's what we think is going to happen. I think all the signs are, are there, obviously. But, but um, now I want to know, and I'm hoping, I do hope we get to see what the hell Saul was talking about. Mm-hmm. Was it Ignacio? Was it Lalo? So now I want to know what what plot line that is. And obviously, I, I'm hoping we get to find out. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, 100% for sure. Yeah. Um.
0: So overall, uh, overall, pretty good episode. Like I said, it was a lot better than I thought that the one before the penultimate episode was going to be. A lot better than I, yeah. I thought it was going to be. So uh, pretty interesting with Kim breaking bad, mm-hmm. which I, I actually had that thought while driving around today, and I was going to try to keep sneaking in references to break, like, the words breaking bad, but, like, she was moving unsavory or something <laughs> like that. Something like that. But um,
1: <laughs> she was... Falling apart poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so that that <laughs> she whole thing, was disassembling, not good. That's thank you, sir. That That's
0: even more cumbersome, and I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> so she was disassembling, not good, right? We have that. Right. Uh, she teams up with Jimmy, which uh, nobody saw that coming. I I, I mean, no. I, did, I didn't see that coming. That means no, people kind of did because they were like, well, what if Kim's alive and break it bad? like yeah well what if she fucking was but if if she is but like
1: i said in preview with a prior i didn't expect i don't expect her to be alive and like a positive part of jimmy's life mm-hmm. you know i'm yeah. thinking she's just there they have had a split or a divide or something that like a, an ultimate straw mm. broke that camel's back yeah yeah
0: i i I oh, know. I'm. I'm kind of double. I'm going to double down on the theory now that it, it's all going to come back to bite Kim in the ass. She goes on trial. Jimmy tries to represent her because they have that whole trust thing, and especially since they pulled scams mm-hmm. on each other, they probably think each one can figure out ways around shit because they have both proven mm-hmm. it multiple times. Uh, but right. this, this is the one. This is the scam. Jimmy can't pull through to the end, man. He's going to try yeah. to represent Kim, and she's gonna she's gonna lose everything she has. I like it. That's my theory. Awesome. I like it. Now, those of you out there, please feel free to tell us your theory. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter at ISGM Podcast or Facebook or host at nothingimportantpodcast.com or carrier pigeon. However you want to get a hold of us, go ahead and get a hold of us. Feel free to tell us about the alter egos of Batman and Superman and why Dave is completely 100%
1: incorrect. And feel free Wait, to. So hmm. are you disagreeing? Do you say that that's not the case for Superman? Are you saying it's the case for both of them? No, I'm saying it's the case for
0: Batman, and you tried to correct me and say that that only applied to Superman, and I said no. So you you
1: don't think that Clark Kent is Superman's alter ego? Clark Kent is Superman's alter ego, but Bruce Wayne is also Batman's alter ego. So you're saying it's, you're not saying one or the other. You're saying it's both of them. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just want to clarify that. Okay. Yeah. So we both agree. We both agree on the aspect of Superman. We only disagree on the Batman part. That's correct. Yep. So feel free to tell me why I'm hundred percent correct on um on Batman. I, I kind of agree. I, I kind of agree with you. I kind of think that uh bet Bruce Wayne is Batman's alter ego.
0: It is. It's, it's what keeps him sane. It says tied to earth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. But I anyway. Think so.
0: Anyway, it's all goodmen.com. Hit us up on TV time, podcast Detroit, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you soon on preview with the prior. Only two episodes to go.
1: Dave? Spider-Man it's is Peter Parker's alter ego. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call it's it. all good, man. That's what I meant to say. I meant to say Peter Parker is Spider-Man's alter ego. <laughs> it's all good, man. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good,